Hello and welcome to CB Singles Club. Welcome to CB Singles Club. I'm your host tonight, Nick. And I am joined by Al. Hello there. I'm joined by Will. Hello. And I'm joined by Chris. Hello. It's the usual team back together for another singles club. This is where we each pick a single from this week's releases and we have a chat about them. The first choice this week is from Al. What have you chosen for us? I have gone for a song called Young Forever by Vistas. Well, this actually isn't a band that I knew, although maybe I should have, as it turns out, they're from Edinburgh. Really? Where we all live, for those who don't know. Yes, they're native Dundonians, I understand, but based in Edinburgh, very young. I hate (laughs) the young people. (laughs) This song is, I believe, the second single from their new album, which is coming out in the next six, eight weeks, which is called What Were You Hoping To Find? They're just a very Scottish indie pop band, aren't they? I quite liked Young Forever. It's a catchy tune. Kicks off with that double-time snare drum. It's just really, it's got something going on. You know, it's good. Uh, Melodically, it's very strong. There's a really strong chorus. It's not too leery, but it's got a nice sort of sing-along feel to it. I'm not a big fan of the singing voice, I have to admit. I find the nasal tones a wee bit of a strain to listen to. It's lovely sounding. The guitar sound great. But when it gets a bit loud, I find it a bit muddy again. It's uh, Mm. And I'm always complaining that things sound too expensive. And now I'm complaining that it sounds like it probably didn't have the hugest recording (laughs) budget in the world. The other thing I'm always saying, it's overly bassy. Bass kind of drowning. The guitars. You hate bassists, don't you? You hate me and you well, hate bassists. I'll talk more about bass later, but <laughs> these are fairly minor quibbles. It's a decent song. I don't love it, but good tune. Yeah, I would agree. Chris, what did you think? Yeah, with you on that, I think. Not much to it, but infectiously upbeat and energetic and mm. happy. Bit of a joyous tune. And for that, yeah, liked it. Their youth shines through, I think. <laughs> I think good so. luck Indeed. to them. Will, what about you? Ah, what did I write? I wrote, why not? I liked it. (laughs) It's not really going to make me go, wow. It's not wow. But it is wow for people who haven't heard songs like this, which is great. These guys get out in front of a young audience and the whole cycle carries on. Al, was his voice messed around with digitally? No, I think it's probably his singing voice. I mean, almost certainly there's been some pitch correction going on because that's what happens when you're making a record these days and I'm going to criticise him for that. No. I did like it. I really liked it, actually. I thought it would be your cup of tea. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing was, I listened to it and my immediate thought was, this sounds like an 80s Scottish. (laughs) 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 Yeah. This could be the Bluebells. Oh, yeah. Something like that. That, That's a fair point, yeah. The things I didn't like about it were probably around the production. But actually, if the Bluebells had done that in the 80s, I would have really liked that. 
as you all said, it was a happy, upbeat song. Mm-hmm. It was fun, nice chorus that you could sing along to. You could imagine jumping about in a venue and quite enjoying that. I thought that was great. He said that from Edinburgh. I was like, ah, yeah. It all makes sense uh-huh. now, I know. <laughs> They get the home bonus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's an extra mark out of ten. So, what do we think then? Is that a thumbs up from everybody, or definite thumbs up? Yeah, for upwards, me. upwards. Yeah, certainly. yeah. Why not? It's such a cheery tune. Yeah, yeah. You said they were young. How young are they? How annoying are they? Thirteen. Fourteen. Yeah, they're actually only nine. <laughs> Although one of them's just turned ten. Yeah. No, um, I think they were about nineteen when the first album came out a couple of years ago. Okay. So they'll be early twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. I think they really are young. You see pictures of them; it's just a bunch of kids. You should really get off yeah, my yeah. lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a recommendation. Got to support the Scottish pop. Yes, of course. Moving on from one young act to another, Chris, what have you got for us? I broke all the rules of Singles Club this week after getting bitten so badly by mouse rat last week. (laughs) That's the biggest laugh mouse rat I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) I've decided to shamefacedly choose an artist who I know and love, Damon Albarn. But I'm still evoking, evoking? Um, invoking single club rules in that this is his new solo material. It's the latest incarnation of Damon Albarn. Albarn. Albarn? Albarn. 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 Anyway, his newest incarnation. This is called The Nearer the Fountain, More Pure the Stream Flows, which is the title track of his forthcoming album, which is due to be released on, I believe, the 12th of November. I've hoped to deceive You are the fairest, dearest Where many were fair to my heart you are nearest The year has its winter As well as its main So Chris, tell us a little bit more about what Damon's been up to. I was just reading a little interview that he gave to the NME. Started life a couple of years ago, this album, 2019, as an orchestral project and live experience inspired by the landscapes of Iceland. And then it was something that he then dug up again during lockdown and developed it into the tracks that will appear on the forthcoming album. Exploring themes of fragility, loss, emergence and rebirth. I don't know who he's accompanied with, but he talks about organising musicians, string players, three bass trombones, some percussion and keyboards. It's obviously a long way from Blur, a long, long way from Gorillaz. Similar, I guess, to his previous solo album, Everyday Robots. That same sort of slightly melancholic tone to it. It reminded me a little bit of some of the stuff that Nick Cave's been doing recently, singing over a soundscape rather than a tightly structured song. It's growing on me. Sometimes I find this kind of Damon Albarn stuff a little bit too, I'm not sure if morose is quite the right word, a little bit too downbeat. I think what lifts this is his voice. It's the sweetest I've heard him sing for a very long time. And very evocative of what I'm not entirely sure yet, but it certainly takes you to a big landscape 
somewhere. I thought that was very evocative of Iceland, actually. He's got a history with Iceland. I think Blur recorded there. I seem to remember he bought a bar there back in the late 90s. Yes, he does own a bar out there. And I think it's a place that he's returned to quite a few times and done recording there and such. He's been awarded citizenship this year of Iceland after being a regular visitor for 25 years. I've been to his bar in Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. It is just a bar with absolutely no reference to to Damon at all, which is quite a nice thing. It's made of corrugated iron, as is most of Reykjavik. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think, Al? If I hadn't listened to it again, I'd probably disagree with you, Chris, about it being a long way from Blur. My first thought was that this sounds like some sort of Blur album filler. He was the main songwriter for Blur, so it's hardly surprising that his solo songs sound like songs that Blur could have performed. I think this is a very long way from Blur. However, I'd listened to it a few times and it was always on in the background. And actually listening on headphones there and focusing on it, I actually found it really quite moving, really quite powerful song. It's really delightfully lo-fi in its approach. You can almost hear the knobs being turned to change the pitch of stuff. and It's electronic, I suppose, but there's some lovely guitars in it. Melodically very strong again, as singing in it is really great it is very melancholic and maybe an hour of that might be quite hard work but i thought that was really rather good verging on excellent i compare everything to yola tango don't i but it sounded like yola tango (laughs) the most beautiful really which is a big compliment as far as i'm concerned on my first listen i thought i was going to be dismissing this but i really it's won me round in a big way this time around good song well what do you think yeah this man has got one of the most evocative voices in the biz hasn't he he really can take people along with whatever he's doing I quite like the little bit of vibrato that came into his voice towards the end. For me, that was channeling Elvis Costello. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He wasn't trying to be Elvis Costello. He's been himself, but it just reminded me. First time I heard it, I thought, oh, really messy, really bitty instrumentation, the strings and the sense was way too fussy. But listening to it again, I just, oh, wow, I got that so wrong. It was just beautifully played. Loved it. I would agree. I really enjoyed that. He does evocative very well. He's brilliant at expressing that mood of melancholy and wistfulness. I thought that was fantastic. I am really looking forward to going and seeing him performing live in August when he plays at the festival in Edinburgh. What do we think? Thumbs up again? Oh, two thumbs. Definitely thumbs up from me again. Yeah, most definitely thumbs up. Next up is Will's choice. Will, what have you got for us this week? I've got for you Kissing in the Rain by a young artist. Her name is Soccer Mummy. She's Swiss-born American from Nashville. She plays bass, drums, guitar and saxophone and she does alternative indie and she's got a fair few people who listen to what she's doing. Shall we do that? Let's have a listen. So what do we think of that, Will? Here's the thing. She can write a lyric. She can write a tune. She can write an arrangement way better than I ever could. But you have to be able to differentiate that song, which sounds like another song, which sounds like another song. You have to differentiate it with a vocal, and it's just not strong enough. Maybe the people she's playing to, because she's 24, have never heard the stuff that she's aping. But I have. 
using the vocal to push beyond in order to make people think it's different. That's the key. The four chord song works with the vocalist being able to put something completely different on top of it. And, and she's not doing it, which is a shame. I think there's immense talent there. It's not a bad song. As I say, she's good. She can write. What did you think, Chris? I quite liked it. And it was her voice that I quite liked. Sorry, Will, to contradict you. I thought the music at times was a little bit, the pace of it was a little bit plodding. Her voice, weirdly, not quite as beautiful, but her voice reminded me of Harriet Wheeler out of the Sundays, the way she was hitting some of those notes. It was quite a sweet sound it was making. I quite liked that. Didn't get the impression she was mimicking others, but it was certainly the voice to me that lifted it. No, her voice wasn't mimicking. It was the rest of it, which means that the voice has to be even more, wow. I think the other thing I liked about this, it wasn't what I was expecting either. I know we often choose our singles at random from the album cover, and this one, it had some reference to, I don't know if it's a film or something, Dark Knight's Death Metal, and I was expecting Death Metal. So when this kind of quite sweet, soulful singing came over the top of a fairly nice but a little bit plodding indie jangle, I was quite pleasantly surprised, not being a big fan of death metal. Al, your turn. I'm a bit torn about this one. A lot of like about it, but I'm not entirely sure. I'll tell you who her singing really does sound like, though Harriet Wheeler's a nice call. She sounds like Tracy Ann from Camera Obscura, like exactly like uh-huh. her. And I'd be yep. amazed if she's ever heard of Camera Obscura, a 24-years old Swiss-American. It's unlikely. From Nashville. From Nashville, mm-hmm. yes. Nashville, Switzerland. It's Camera Obscura meets Snow Patrol, really, isn't it? Yeah. I was half expecting, light up, light up, when it came into <laughs> yeah. the chorus. I couldn't figure it out where it came from, but you're absolutely right, it's Snow Patrol. But I'm being really unfair, and it's really easy to say, oh, this sounds like this, and, and whatever, you know. There's only so many chords and so many progressions you can do, and everything sounds like something else. I think the verse in this song is really great. I, I really like her singing, because it does remind me of Tracy Ann from Camera Obscura. And the guitar's really nice. Would it be right to say, Will, that she plays all the instruments on this then? Or are you not sure? It doesn't say. Okay. It does sound like that sort of auteur project. It's very lo-fi. It's got quite an interesting sound to it. I quite like it. But the chorus, oh God, the chorus. The vocals just get totally lost in the mix, which, you know, it's the chorus. This is where they should be to the fore. And to be honest, the melody is all over the place and there's too many words. And it's not terrible, but if this had a big chorus, this would be a great song. I hope it is just her on her own because I like, as I say, that sort of auteur, someone who can do everything themselves. That's pretty cool. I feel there's a bit of a missed opportunity here. Some of it's great, mm. some of it not so much. That's how I feel, missed opportunity. I quite enjoyed it. I liked her voice. I liked the indie jangle of it. It wasn't going to shatter the earth and hadn't quite twigged on the uh, Snow Patrol bit, but there is a little bit of that in it. You know, that's no bad thing. I generally quite enjoyed it, I have to say. I was, like you, Chris, expecting something different from the picture I'd seen on the cover of the record. I was expecting some death metal, but thankfully we didn't go there. It's a comic book, by the way, Dark Knight's Death Metal, and it's got a soundtrack album. There we go. Okay. What do we think? Are we thumbs-upping that as well? We've been feeling quite benign this week. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a thumbs-up as well. Yeah, it's a very nearly almost thumbs-up for me. Almost for me too. I love her singing voice. That's enough for me. Yes, I agree. It's my turn now. Yay! What have you chosen, Nick? I have chosen a band called The Country Westerns. Wonder what they're going to sound like. Their new single, Wall of Death. Let me 
that was Country Westerns, who are a three-piece rock band from Nashville. Although I think there's no Swiss connection this time around. <laughs> they are drummer Brian Kotzer, singer-songwriter, guitarist Joseph Plunkett, and then Sabrina Rush on bass. This is from their debut album, which was recorded between New York and Nashville. They're a sort of country rock band with a slightly twangy, punky feel to them. And I think probably a pretty good bar band. I really like this. I kind of like that slightly punky sounding country rock genre that they occupy. I was slightly confused because I watched the video on YouTube. I don't know whether they were miming or attempting even to mime. I think they were attempting to mime in some basement room somewhere to a song using different instruments from what was on the record. I think tongues perhaps in cheeks while doing it. Yeah, possibly. Although they still managed to look grumpy and menacing. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you guys think? Will? For me, this kind of stuff, maybe I haven't heard enough of it and got bored, but it, it doesn't tarnish at the moment. I would love to see this band play. I really would. And I'd just have a brilliant evening listening to them and digging them. But would I buy any of their vinyl or whatever? No. I've bought the album on Bandcamp. I'm looking forward to it. Chris, what do you think? I'm with Will on this one. I don't really like this sort of stuff unless I'm at some kind of festival and I've stumbled into a tent and there's a band like this playing. And I've had a few beers, in which case, yes, I could sit and listen to this all afternoon. But I wouldn't pay to go and see them. I think I just don't really like country. I don't know that's a sweeping generalisation and a sin. There's nothing new in it, I think, is what puts me off it. It seems very much a formula. There's no surprises. I got very tired of the fairground metaphor very quickly in the lyrics of this one. Kind of like the video because it felt like it was just like a husband and wife that dragged the neighbour in and and got the boyfriend down the street (laughs) to get his phone out and filmed them. I'm also tickled by the fact that, I mean, they're clearly no youngsters, but this is their debut album, yet they live in Nashville. So it's like they've been living in Nashville for the last 58 years and they've suddenly discovered country and western. Hey, let's form a band, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. What were they doing for the first 50 years? I think the reality is actually that they are all being in other bands. And I think from what I read, they were all featuring in other bands and doing session work in Nashville. So I think they're all quite experienced players. I'm being slightly facetious with that for what it is it's fine but i don't really dig that sort of thing al what did you think oh i think it's fantastic i really like it i wasn't sure in the first listen but i think it's great i love the lo-fi sound it's really fabulously slack even though it is country rock it sounds kind of like dinosaur junior as well or yola everything sounds like yola tango i can imagine yola tango (laughs) playing this as well I just love a bit of slacker pop and I like that they're old as Chris says and I like the lo-fi video there's just nothing I don't like about this even down to the fact that it's only a couple of minutes long <laughs> that's the best bit about it well I like a song that doesn't overstate <laughs> it's well minutes, 12 seconds long if this was three and a half minutes four minutes long this would be boring but at this length it's more or less perfect I even really like the extended fairground metaphor to be honest <laughs> they really worked that one yeah. they did suck every last bit of candy why the hell not I think, stick, didn't they? <laughs> I think that's good lyricism quite frankly pick a metaphor work it to its natural extension talking about metaphors let's just go back to that metaphor that Chris just made soaking the last bit of the candy floss off the stick Awesome. I was continuing the fairground metaphor there. Sorry. After complaining <laughs> about <laughs> <laughs> going on too much. 
that's a big winner for me. I mean, I always buy the songs that we cover anyway, but I would buy this just because I like it. So country westerns, how do we feel about that? Is that a thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs up from me, I think. It's getting another kind of thumbs sideways. up. Middle of the road for me, I'm afraid. That's our choice. Now we move on to Taylor Swift Corner. This week, we've gone for Miley Cyrus, who has released the Metallica song, Nothing Else Matters, the cover featuring also Elton John, Watt, Yo-Yo Ma, Robert Trujillo, and Chad Smith. So close, no matter how far Couldn't be I guess that is what you get if you ask a whole series of bombastic artists to do a bombastic cover version of a bombastic song by a bombastic band. Chris, I was very much enjoying watching you listen to that. (laughs) Metallica aren't a band that I'm a huge fan of. I do know that song. It's an all right song, the original. That, though, was, I don't know, why was the question that kept springing to mind? Why? Why? And why do you need all those different people there? Charity. You said there were 50-odd artists on this album of covers. So presumably Metallica haven't got quite enough songs so, so all 50 got... of them can have a go. So they have to do like seven on each song. I couldn't really identify which bits were Miley and which bits were Elton and which bits were all the other people. Well, Elton's playing piano. Robert Trujillo is actually Metallica's bass player, but not on the original. Chad Smith is the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the voice that sounded like some 58-year-old bloke was actually Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Miley Cyrus is doing all the singing in this, I believe. And Yo-Yo Ma on the cello. And I presume it's the Watt is Andrew Watt, Miley's collaborator, who presumably is playing guitar on it. I think the video is the perfect accompaniment to the song in that it took something huge and vast and potentially quite beautiful and just turned it into the dullest and most overblown and pointless thing. Six and a half minutes of just dirge. I didn't like it. Really? I wasn't clear up until that definitive statement. For the avoidance of doubts, I didn't like any of it. I didn't like her voice. I didn't like the overblown nature of it. The first bit of guitar sounded terrible. The video was really dull. The whole song is really dull. Six and a half minutes, is that really necessary? All those people are quite talented, aren't they? And it's terrifying to think that you can bring so much talent together and produce something so The funny thing is right at the end of it, when all the awfulness has pretty much stopped, and you're just left with a little outro and you're listening to Yo-Yo Ma and you're kind of going, this is probably exquisitely played, but I just couldn't be bothered listening because it was so horrible. The outro is dreadful. It's really bad. It is really bad. That's 30 seconds from my life. I'll never get back again. Well, tell me about those awful moments of your life. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, he would have owned that little piano bit at the beginning, but it was just placid. It was just... If nothing. I did actually think that Miley C came crashing through on a white Palomino in an OK Western to try and rescue the song. Of all of them, she was trying her best to give it something. So, yeah, it was horrible. I even wanted to like the really dumb guitar solo at the end, but the second time I heard it, I thought, no, it's just dumb. And the end is real dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Sorry, Miley C. 
Ow. Yeah, this is bad. It's quite funny how bad it is, but it's not so bad it's good. It's just bad. Chris, you mentioned the terrible guitars at the start. Yep, you're right. I thought the beginning sounded like it was some sort of top of the pops album by the not original artists, you know? Because <laughs> yes. yes. in a way, it's so similar to the original, but it's so much worse. Let's get the nice bit out of the way first. This is an album that's been done for charity, and it is remarkable the people that Metallica have got in to do covers of the songs. And the point of it is that their eponymous Black album is 30 years old this year, so they're releasing a remastered version of it. And this is being released alongside it, this Metallica's Blacklist and covers of all the songs from the Black album done by major stars. I mean, yeah, Elton fine. John, Yo-Yo Ma, Miley Cyrus, all on the one record. Hats off to them. I hope they make a hell of a lot of money for charity. Yeah. But don't buy this to listen to it. <laughs> its biggest problem is that it cleaves so closely to the original song, but it's worse than it in every single way. And I don't particularly like the original. It's not a bad song, but I like Metallica's early stuff. I, I'm quite partial to a bit of that. But by the time we get to the Black Album, they're a bit boring, in my opinion. This song's okay, but meh. I'm impressed that they managed to get the drums to sound as bad as they do on the original, though. <laughs> that must have taken a lot of work in the studio. Miley Cyrus's voice, she sounds like a pitch-shifted James Hetfield. It's just, what? I mean, what? It's utterly bizarre. And you can also hear the pitch correction in her voice. It's used a bit too aggressively. And it really doesn't fit on a rock song like this. The guitar solo you mentioned, Will, it's a copy of James Hetfield's solo that he plays on it, but it's just much flashier. And everything about it is worse. Either do it different or just be identical and trying to put your own stamp on it. It didn't work. And Elton John's jazzy twists on the piano. I mean, they are so <laughs> misjudged. It's just, it's so bad. The cello, you know, I'm not going to argue with the playing. You know, your man knows what he's doing with the cello, but it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It's awful. I mean, oh my God, it's so bad. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I've heard a worse song because it is so, it takes itself so seriously, you know. It is. It's very po-faced, isn't it? And very po-faced. Awful. Yeah, and the video as well. The video was just dreadful. It was really <laughs> terrible, wasn't it? Nothing happened. What was going on? What was with all the clocks? I don't know. The persistence of time. I, I don't know. How many of those songs do they have to sell just to pay for the video that they made? Oh, it was really cheap. <laughs> it was really cheap. That CGI dust storm looked like it had been done about 30 years ago. It was awful. Keeping in with the theme of the 30-year-old album. No well, doubt. maybe so. Let's use yeah. 30-year-old effects. Genius. Buy this if you want to contribute money to charity, but never listen to it. It's terrible. Just give money to charity. Don't or just give buy money this charity. album. Just give the money to charity that you would have spent on this album. I'd agree with that. I hesitate to ask, but where are your thumbs right now? I have no thumbs for this. My thumbs are opposed to this. <laughs> <laughs> We've been pretty happy with the picks up to this mm. point. This has been a strong lineup. It's been a good week with that notable exception. But yeah, I've enjoyed the tunes. So, how do we feel about this week's tracks? What's your favourite? Starting with Will. I think uh, Damon, easily. There's some good songs in there this week, apart from Miley C's. But, yeah, Damon. Chris, what's your fave? Damon Albarn. Damon for you too. And Al? Genuinely like all four of our choices. I'm going with Country Western's Wall of Death. I think it's great. Ooh, ooh, okay. I'm going for Young Forever hey. as my favourite of this week. That was a pretty good week, actually, we had there. That yeah. was a good week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great choices. Remember that you can find the CB Singles Club podcast at all good podcast places. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube. Check out our playlists on Spotify. And generally, 
interact with us somehow. Like and subscribe. It's good night for me, and it's good night from the guys. Al. Goodbye. Will. Good night. And Chris. Night night. Take care, folks.